0: Let's talk about the Isla region of Scotland while drinking an Isla scotch with somebody who's been to Isla. What's up, guys? My name is Chris, and you are listening to the Whiskey Noobs podcast. And as I mentioned, today we have the treat of talking with Connor from Who Gives a Dram and from Bourbon with Friends. He has both of those podcasts. He is at Connor underscore whiskey on Instagram. And he took a trip over to Scotland and got to drink Isla whiskey in Isla with a bunch of Isla distillers. So I didn't think there was a better person that I could think of to walk us through this tasting. He recommended Lagavulin 16. That's what we're drinking here today. And we will give a full review, talk about his trip to Isla, talk about all kinds of things. It was a great time and I hope you guys enjoy it. So without further ado, I'm going to cut to that interview with Connor right now. All right, good to go there. I'm going to have uh, notes on my phone. So for those watching and for you, Connor, I am not ignoring you and texting somebody. I typed out my notes on my phone today, so all good, man. It's been a busy few weeks that I, and I also be muting myself a lot. Those who listened to last no couple weeks ago episode, I'm recording this pretty far in advance, but uh, I still have this freaking cough that I cannot get rid of. So the uh, I think it's the air quality is my only guess. But Mr. Pollen, Connor,
1: pollen season, baby, it's pollen, pollen season
0: that it is. How are you yeah. doing today, Connor? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me on your show. Of course, dude. I'm excited to have you on. I am excited to try your recommendation, which we will get to here in a few minutes. Uh, The third peated Isla that we've had on, the fourth Isla, I did do an episode with Buna Haben, but it's rather different in that it's not peated. So (laughs) I'm excited to uh, give it a try, see if it kicks my butt or not. So Yeah, man. For those who don't know, so you you have your own podcast called Who Gives a Dram, and then you're also a part of a podcast called Bourbon with Friends. Why don't you break down kind of that and your social media real quick for everybody so that if they haven't seen it yet, they can go follow you and they know who they're listening to for the next few minutes.
1: Yeah, sure, man. Um, so yeah, I have two podcasts that I that I do. Um, um, host and owner who gives a dram that used to be my Instagram handle too. So a lot of people listening might know me from who gives a dram, Uh, but that's my podcast review whiskey. I also really enjoy um, like film and television and MMA. So I talk a lot about like UFC fights. I break down movies and stuff um, like that on who gives a dram and then bourbon with friends. I I co-own and co-host with my buddy, Paul who founded the podcast uh, we've been doing that together for probably going on close to two years now, if I had to guess. And, uh, that is again, um, kind of, a, a, a more conversational, um, aspect, uh, podcast. We have a lot of brands on, we do a lot of reviews and, um, right now we've, we've been focusing a lot on craft distilleries. So having a lot of craft guys on, which has been fun. Um, and Yeah, man, I've been doing that since I don't even know when I started, to be completely honest. It's been, I think, right, like uh, towards like the end of 2020. Okay. If I had to guess, probably around then, but uh, that's what I do. That's those are my podcasts. Who gives a dram and bourbon with friends. And, uh, you know, just like yourself, Chris, love drinking whiskey, got into it at a fairly young age. I remember I was gifted and this is a question I have for you too. I was gifted a bottle of bullet bourbon. Okay. And that's kind of what initially kicked off my interest in in whiskey in general. Yeah. What's the bottle that kicked off your interest in whiskey? So
0: I, I wanted to be interested in whiskey, but I, I didn't like it. Uh, The first bottle for me to be like, oh, maybe there's something here was actually Buffalo Trace. Somebody brought it to a fire and let me try it. And I took a sip and I'm like, oh, that actually tasted good. Because up until that point, I'd only had some stuff. I think I had Johnny Walker Red, which I wasn't a very big fan of. Mm. And I was like, "Uh, maybe this whiskey thing's just not for me. But I took a sip of that and I was like, oh, yeah. And then the first bottle that I bought, and continued to enjoy was Monkey Shoulder, so I really enjoyed that
1: too. Interesting, yeah. fun fact. I actually just looked at this like a few weeks ago because when I started Who Gives a Dram before I even I even did uh, Bourbon with Friends, I I think my episode number three I did was Monkey Shoulder. Oh, really? And same thing with you. I think uh, I I think I got it for Christmas or something like that, and I posted a picture of Monkey Shoulder. Like I held it in my hand in front of my Christmas tree, and Monkey Shoulder DM'd me on Instagram, and said, Hey, can we uh use this on our page? I was like, Yeah, of course you can. I don't care. I thought I was su- super cool at the time. I'm like, that's like the first time a brand ever reached out to me. Yeah. Uh, again, I think I was like f- at three episodes in, maybe. I was not I was not far into my whiskey podcasting that's uh, awesome. career. And I think to this day, I could be wrong. Someone is whoever's listening to this podcast, go. And I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it is the most liked picture that Monkey Shoulder has posted. I I could be wrong, but it's it's definitely up there, and I think it might be the most liked.
0: Well, that's awesome, jeez, yeah. And Monkey Shoulder, man, I rec- I can't recommend it enough to newbies. I think the only people I know who don't like it are ones who it's too too approachable for, which is so rare. You know, usually you want approachable. It's a it's a good glass, that's for sure.
1: I admittedly haven't had monkey show. They're sitting in the back of my whiskey, uh, shelf all the way in the background. I don't, I ha- probably haven't cracked it open in well over a year, but, no way. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been a while, man. It's been a while. There's so many good scotches out there. Like we'll get into, and mm-hmm. you know, when you go single malt, it's hard to go back. Like I love, I love a blend. I love Johnny Walker. Uh, Johnny Walker black is one of my favorites um especially for affordable and approachable yeah uh but once you go single malt like this like this uh i'll let you introduce the dram we're gonna be sipping on yeah um it's hard to go back man it's hard once you get a good especially an isla single malt it is it is tough to go back
0: yeah especially if you get hooked on the isla so that's actually what we're about to talk about so we're gonna break down Isla Scotches, we might touch briefly on uh, Campbelltown, which is another region of Scotland. And I'll probably put like a little map up to show the regions, like right about now. But Scotland's broken into multiple different regions. And uh, we're going to go over Isla in this episode. Campbelltown, I wanted to talk about, and I'll, I'll mention it briefly. So there's two major distilleries there um, Springbank and Glen Scotia. And there used to be, I mean, it used to be a real hub for distilleries. There used to be a ton of distilleries and it has since declined a bit, especially in the, I don't know my centuries, 20th century. Uh, whenever um, there was, there's a decline in the sales and the, the distilleries have declined a bit. Um, so the moral of this story, I tell you all this, not to trash them or anything to tell you that I don't know about you or your area, Connor, but <laughs> Ohio, I don't even think I can find one within an hour of me, if I'm not mistaken. I've tried before. I've tried looking it up, but we don't have a great selection as it is. Have you seen Springbank I, or Glen Scotia around?
1: I've seen them. I'm trying to think if I've seen them in real life or just on Instagram. Right. Uh, I think I've seen them in person, but I, it's not something that I would. um When I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't look for it.
0: Right. Long. And if you see it this uh, at a, a liquor store, it's not like something that, you know, pops. So we probably won't spend a whole lot of time talking about it. But Isla, on the other hand, we can get our hands on. And Isla, for those who don't know, so it's it's well known for peaty scotches. Uh, it doesn't have to be a peated scotch. So we had Buna Hobbin on. I forgot to write down the episode number for that one. I'll look it up. But I had Buna Hobbin on the show. It's not peated. Uh, but it is most well-known for heavily peated scotches, the Isla region of Scotland. Now, a few of the main brands are Laphroaig, which was episode 10 of Whiskey Noobs, Ardbeg, which was episode 66 of Whiskey Noobs and was actually comparing to Laphroaig, and Lagavulin. Those are like the three biggest names. So today we are going to try Lagavulin, the 16-year, and you did recommend this, Connor, so I'm going to let you basically explain why it is that you recommended this specific bottle. Oh man! As I get it open and pour, so go ahead and go.
1: Forward. I <laughs> am happy to explain this delicious Isla. This is probably if I if I had to pick my favorite Isla, I think this would be it. I mean, I I love Ardbeg. I think Ardbeg overall is my favorite distillery. Um, and mind you, I've visited all these back in October. I Drank 25 year Lagavulin straight out the barrel at 10 a.m. Yes, and um, I want to
0: talk about that. Too, time. So
1: but we'll yeah, we'll talk so about this. This is this is um this all hits home for me because that was an incredible trip and most of my blood is Scottish blood, anyways. Um and uh I I was introduced to Lagavulin 16. I don't remember how. I think I my dad bought a bottle. Um, ninety nine dollars, and it's like, oh, this is probably pretty good. It's an Isla Ardbeg's Isla, and I tell you what, man, I don't drink this often because, um, I like I like it to be special occasions. This is that good of a whiskey to me. It's it's the epitome of a nuance, a, a so many nuanced flavors within a bottle that it's definitely not something that a a oh. Uh, whiskey noob sorry <laughs> should be drinking no, I mean, this is fine. for like an intermediate high intermediate even like low low like very seasoned uh whiskey drinker there's a lot that goes on on this yeah i reviewed this on my own podcast i think it was like episode 50 i searched it today 52 i believe i did logable sixteen, and i i i love this man this is one of my favorite pours ever Not even just not even just Isla Scotch, not even just Scotch, just whiskey. I love Rockable in 16. You got me
0: excited to dig into this. That was like they need to hire you for some PR because that was a killer intro into this. This whiskey. I'm super excited. I haven't taken a sip yet. I have smelled Mm -hmm. it. I am looking right, up yeah. real quick, uh, which episode was Buna Habin, but yeah, that was episode number 68 was was Buna 12 year.
1: And dude, look at the look at the color on that first and foremost for an Isla Scotch, right? I
0: noticed that right away. I mean, this is like gold and usually I'm used to pouring a scotch and getting, you know, that pale color. This is this is dark 16 years. That makes sense.
1: I haven't had this. Since I went to Scotland, I don't even think I've had many Isla scotches since I went because I was dude, we were scotched out. That's <laughs> all we drank for like literally a week. I remember Paul and I went out to downtown Edinburgh one night and we got double eagle rares for like five dollars. It's no incredibly way. cheap over there. Oh, my God. And It was, it tasted like heaven because at like we got scotched out, dude. Yeah. Too much scotch in Scot- Scotland. We got double eagle rares and it tasted like uh, they went down. Dangerously, but you know, smooth. Yeah.
0: Um, well, this is probably yeah, going to transport you back to Scotland, yeah. then, if you haven't had it since then.
1: Even just on the nose, man. I mean, you tell me what you get.
0: Yeah. So I, I want to preface this. A couple things. So this, I'm okay with it being more complex. Uh, this is one of those ones that I think will keep the uh, the more veteran drinkers interested. Plus, we're 100 and something episodes in now. I think this is 117. But. I do want to preface this with the fact that I usually like to do a few glasses of it, not not at a time, but a few glasses like the week or two weeks leading up to the episode. So I can give a well-rounded interview or well-rounded review. Sorry. But, since I have you here, I figured I'd lean on you and I would do this yes. kind of the reverse of what I do. I'm just <laughs> gonna go for it, I'm gonna say what I'm smelling, I'm gonna talk about it, and then you can talk about what you typically get since you you know know what this tastes like
1: Well, in all palate conditions. I, I wanna preface your preface by <laughs> okay. saying, and I'm I listen, I'm not saying anything that you don't know, but I'm reminding people, there are no correct notes when it comes to whiskey. We talked about this when you were a guest on my podcast, mm-hmm. I'm going to say the same, same thing on yours. Yep. There are no whatever you get is what is is what it smells like or what it tastes like. That's what it is. I probably get much different notes than a lot of other, quote unquote, whiskey professionals out there. but what I smell is what I smell a lot of the times those different so all smells are particulate right so you get every time you smell something there is a little bit of a solid that goes in there so there's some type of sensory effect that Mm -hmm. happens that takes you back to a tangible part of your life which affects the way that you remember certain sensory elements smell taste um those are the main two the two main ones because they actually have solid particulates but um you know that being said I could smell this and it could bring me like this immediately brings me back to um, like the smell on this reminds me of like a like a like a like a mixture of a spring day. There's a lot of bright fruit, yes. apple, pear, honey on there. But then on the back, there's that there's like, oh, like, is, was this a little overburnt or something was this was this grilled pear a little overburnt because there's a little bit of a smokiness there
0: yes totally agreed i i get i'm glad you said spring day because that's where i was headed with it um it's kind of it's a little bit of like a light herbal for me there's for me the there's that fruitiness you mentioned it's kind of like lemony or i think pear is a good one because i always forget about pears because i don't like pears but but that's a good uh adjective the thing i'm really noticing is I and I haven't tasted it yet. This is just the nose. But I'm really noticing some some of the peatiness. Of course, it's obviously there. But I'm guessing due to the age, I'm getting some of that oak and some of that sweet vanilla caramel that I would not anticipate, at least for me, Mm. only having had two other Islas, I'd usually expect that the peat's just going to trample all that. But I'm still getting that oak through there on the nose. And that is that's pretty nice.
1: Yeah. And the good thing about Lagavulin, especially the 16, it's, it's one of their main staples. So this is something that is 99% of the time you can find this on the shelf. It's going to be mm-hmm. $99, but you know, nine times out of 10, you're finding this uh, at your local whiskey, sto- uh, whiskey store or uh, liquor store. Yeah. And so it it's, it's what that means is that there's, there's a consistency to this because this is 80, 86 proof, 43% alcohol by volume. And with that, especially with scotch, I find comes sometimes inconsistencies with taste. I'll, I'll sip it one time and then I'll come back to it. And it's not just a little different, like it probably should be. It's drastically different. And I don't know if that's, you know, like changing from bottle to bottle. Cause I'm talking about different bottles right now. Like I'll, I'll sip right. a bottle and then I'll go to my friend's house be like, oh, well, this doesn't taste the same. Then I'll go to a bar and be like, oh, this doesn't taste like either. That's two other times I had this. Yeah, Lackabool in 16 is, is is not only the pinnacle of Isla scotch, like I think it is, but it's, it's, it's consistent. It's, uh, got so many nuanced flavors there that, uh, I can't wait till you taste it because it's, I don't want to give anything away, but <laughs> it's, um, we'll just say it's, 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 a. Uh, it may or may not be drastically different than the nose. Okay. Okay. I'm
0: excited. So that's what we'll do. So here, here's what we're going to do. I'll taste it. We'll get a gut reaction. Kind of, I'll bounce it off of you. You can tell me what you're getting. And then I'll continue the review as we talk about your trip to Scotland and some of those types of things. That way I can get sure. a, a more rounded idea of it. And then at the end, we'll, we'll wrap up with, with my reaction, your reaction to this glass. Here's what I will say on the nose so far. You're totally right. You can pull different things every time you go back in. Oh, That last time I got a little bit of that brininess that you would expect from an Isla. Uh, it helps yep. brighten it up a little bit. So I'm going to go in for the sip. Let's see how it Slancha.
1: Slancha. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Good golly gosh. Now I that is a scotch. I
0: don't know if you just hyped it up for me or what, but but I'm like, this is going to be, I think it's going to be my favorite that I've had so far. My favorite Isla, at least.
1: I'm, I'm telling you. And listen, no hate. Mm-mm. No hate on any other Isla scotch. I mean, I Ardbag Wee Beastie, I'm a fanboy. I'm a fanboy of Ardbag. Anything they come out with, I will consume. <laughs> um, Laphroaig, I'm not as big of a fan, fan of, but uh, Laphroaig 10 is a classic 10-year um, 10 year, um uh, Isla Scotch, mm-hmm. uh, Bunnahabhain, one of my favorites. I drank a lot of whiskey there on campus. Kalila, which is another Isla distillery, is fantastic. Bowmore, I, I mean, there's so many, there's so yeah. many. But um, something about Lagavulin 16, man. And I, I, I want to say one more thing. Mm-hmm. Going back to the nose, I didn't want to interrupt your your uh, pre-sip speech right there. No, go for but it. But the last thing I got on the nose, and I, I'm curious if any of the listeners agree with me. I got two things, and this is where like you never know what you're going to get. Cause I did not get these the first, the the last time I broke this down is I, I got cookie dough on the nose. Very weird. And I also got fresh cut grass. Um, yes. Like both of those things. I got like both of those things at once. I, and yeah, I don't dude. think I'm having a stroke. So I think I'm actually smelling
0: that. No, uh, for sure. I didn't get the cookie dough. I'm going to try to though. Cause that is super interesting. I, yeah. I was between either saying like a grassiness or like, this is a weird one too, but maybe it's with that brininess, pine needles, a little bit. Not as much as like gin, but like a little mm. bit of like pine needles. Now gin to me smells like just pine needles.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Gin is, gin is, is unique. That's for sure. Mm. Um, but a good gin, like a quality made gin. Mm-hmm is very good just like a quality to anything that's quality i know you did tequila recently on the podcast like yeah anything that's quality is is tasty to me it can be even a vodka
0: yeah you know i just had a patron request that i try brief aside here a patron just requested that i try an aged rum on the patreon because he's like it's summertime a lot of people drink rum i was like okay i'll I'll give it a try i was like i don't think i'm gonna like this because i've had cheap rum and like rum punches and stuff I loved it. I was like, oh, my gosh, I could see myself drinking this like I might have to do a yeah. podcast episode on this, that sweet molassesy flavor and that little mm-hmm. bit of bite. It was I couldn't believe how much I enjoyed it, to be honest with you.
1: Well, there, are, there are also so many whiskeys that are aged in rye um, like Caribbean casks now. Mm-hmm. Most notably, Angels NV Rye, which I think you've had on the podcast, right? I've not. I've had normal Angels.
0: Um, oh, I was actually okay. going to have the Rye this month, but then that'd be two one hundred dollars bottles,
1: and I was like, I'll save the Rye for a little bit later. <laughs> yeah, dude, you got a you got a budget, man, especially in the whiskey game. Uh, there's also yeah. Rye Three, which um, if you haven't been connected with those guys, I'll connect you uh, with yeah. them. They'll, they'll definitely send you stuff, and I'm sure they'll even come on the show if you want them to. But okay. Karthik, the owner, um, it's probably like top five rye I've ever had. It's the it's a rye um, finished again in in uh, rum cast, but it's their own rum, and it's like a double gold award winning craft rum, and it's it's delicious. Uh, and there's so many other places that do like rum finished whiskeys now. Yeah, it's becoming one of the most popular finished finishing techniques. Mm-hmm. I had to guess right up there was Sherry with port. I would yeah. say rum is like probably excluding like toasted and double barreled, like an actual mm-hmm. finish. I'd say it's top five. Yeah. I've seen like an alcohol right finish.
0: Now. I think you're right. I mean, I think on the show we've at least had two. We had a uh, Glenlivet Caribbean reserve and uh Pike Creek the Canadian whiskey finished in rum barrels. So it's, it's very common. Um, mm. I do want to comment on this art bag though. So, or an art bag, log of one, of one. So I'm digging this so far. The thing I noticed immediately when I took a sip, like immediately was the sweetness, but then it mm-hmm. changed like immediately. So right when it hit my tongue, like before I even chewed it at all, anything like that, I got this sweet kind of honey, maybe caramel, yep. maybe maple syrupy, that type of sweetness. And then that peat came through a little bit. It reminded me more of like an Ardbeg Pete. Now I'm just basing this on my knowledge of Ardbeg and Laphroaig basically. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it reminded me more of the Ardbeg style where it was a little bit lighter, a little bit pepperier. Whereas Laphroaig to me a lot of times is like heavier and like earthier. This is like kind mm. of the light, almost sweet smoky. Um, so I got a little bit of that. And then it kind of, that, that pepper came through a little bit. Now, that's just on yeah. my first couple of sips, but that that's what I'm getting so far.
1: I could have sworn that this was maybe sherry finished. I could be wrong. Maybe I'm thinking of a different uh, of woolen. I do
0: have their site brought up. I can look at that real quick.
1: Yeah, I thought it was. I could be wrong, but anyways... Um, You had brought up on the nose, brininess. Yes. And so why I mentioned why the, the, the palate might be drastically different than the nose is because for me, it is to me, this tastes like if you were to have a bonfire on the beach and you put it out and then like a few hours later, you go and sniff it. That's what this tastes like. It's like a, a beachy bonfire. Um, and I, think like th- this to me is more salty and briny than smoky and like uh barbecuey like it's it's very like uh, uh like a maritime maritime aspect to this very nautical almost like i feel yes. like you know this is something when you go to isla it's 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 an island so mm-hmm. it's all surrounded by water and this i really think encompasses you step out of the lagavulin warehouse and it's the I think it's the Atlantic Ocean or it's, 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 it's water. It's salt yeah. Water. It's yeah I ocean. think that'd be Atlantic. I'm so bad with geography. Yeah. I think that'd be Atlantic.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty
1: sure. So like this just, I, th- I think encompasses like a real, like this encompasses Isla whiskey to me, whereas yeah. Ardbeg is, is very smoky, mm-hmm. um, and very, and very like barbecue, like pork bacon type of, type of thing. This yes. to me is like, is, is, is like uh, like salt water, like beach, um, mm-hmm. obviously a lot of peat as well, um, as is, you know, remains the same with almost all, uh, every Isla offering aside from the Buna Haban. Right. Um, but uh, this, yeah, this is like a, a beach. Like if you were, if there was to be a beach scotch, this yeah. would be it. Yeah, if
0: there was any, so a lot of the the peated scotches I like. That's like a wintertime, fall time. If there was any peated scotch I've had so far that I would drink in the summertime and in the springtime, it's definitely this one, because that peat is there in an enjoyable way, but it's not overpowering it. And it's not. It's definitely not. Especially with like Lefroy. I, I don't want to beat up Laphroaig. I love Laphroaig, but. I have to ha- be in the mood for it because it'll kind of coat your tongue and kind of weigh down your palate a little bit with that peat. Then there's Ardbeg. Ardbeg I got a bit more lemon, I got a bit more salt, and I would say this is like that Ardbeg and then less aggressive and you get more of the sweetness and this oak and that there's definitely brininess. I would still describe it as like a lemony fruitiness to me so far, but I have I have to get into a little farther, but um I'm getting that brine. I'm getting that lemon. And then I think it's because it's 16 years in Oak. I, I get a little bit of like a nice sweetness that honestly, I don't think I've gotten from the other two. It's like this little bit of char, a little bit of Oak, um, not the peat char, but you know, almost like a barrely mm. char. What was the yard bag that you had? Uh, just the, that's
1: the 10 I've year, 10 year. Okay. So yep. yeah, that's, that's real smoke. That's that's heavy smoke. That's a heavy peat. <laughs> Yes. Um, Ardbeg has the highest. They call it ppm. I'm not entirely sure what it stands for. I used to know when I went to Scotland. I knew because I heard it a million times. Okay. Um, especially in Isla. But Ardbeg has, I believe, outside of, um, Octomore has the highest ppm. Okay. Which is basically the highest percentage of peat per, like liquid ounce or something. Right. Um, something along those lines. Um, so that really brings out like that earthy PD smokiness. Whereas this, uh, again, I can see where you're coming from. It's almost like a lemon zestiness in a way. Uh, mm-hmm. it just takes me to like a, like a beach bonfire and it takes yeah. me to like a, like, like, like the day after a fire, even not on the beach. If you just go to a fire pit the day after and smell it, this, this really is reminiscent of that to me.
0: I think that's a great description. Cause like I would, I would venture to say that like a Laphroaig is like, if you had a bonfire and you threw a bunch of like wet leaves on it. And I would venture to say, this is exactly what you're describing. It's like a day after bonfire. It's not as like heavy or in your face. It's, it's just a nice kind of light smokiness. It definitely, I, I would venture to say if you have trouble with peated scotches, obviously this isn't uh, an inexpensive one, but this might be the one to try, at least at a bar or something, because it's not harsh on your palate. It's not aggressive like those others.
1: It's not harsh. I just think that. Um, and listen, if you got the money, spend it. Like, oh yeah, know, I'm the first one to say, like, listen, if you want to go pay pay three grand for Pappy Van Winkle, if, <laughs> if three grand to you is a hundred dollars to me, be my guest, man. It's a free country, right? Um. You're kind of screwing over the market when you do that but that's a whole different that's a whole different story (laughs) yeah but if if you can afford to just kind of drop 99 bucks and you're just getting into and you're just getting not even into whiskey but into scotch there is a lot of flavors going on in this and i do think you you have to have experience in whiskey especially tasting whiskey in order to appreciate like some of that like lemon zestiness that you're getting or maybe Mm -hmm. like uh to be able to kind of pick out the, the oak tannins that are making this a bit sweeter where we're, we're both getting kind of that more vanilla caramel Mm -hmm. aspect to this. It's been sitting in an oak barrel for 16 years. It's gonna, it's gonna, you know, jive with the, the oak sugars. Um, eventually every 16, if anything sits in a 16 in a barrel for 16 years, um, that will happen. So there's a lot that's going on in this. And that's why I, I, at the beginning of this episode, I said, uh, you know, if it might not be for you, if you're just getting in, because there's so much mm-hmm. going on, there's so many nuanced flavors in this, that, you know, it's, it might be hard to pick up everything and it might be o- almost a little overpower, overpowering mm-hmm. in that aspect. But if you're talking and I agree with you hundred percent on this, Chris, if you're talking about just smoke value, right. for lack of a better term, this would be a very approachable. I always recommend Buna hopping just because it actually does have the least you know, PPM per has a little bit of peat in it, a tiny bit, but nothing even remotely compared to other Isla scotches. Um, so yeah, but this is up there too, man. I mean, this is, I told you you'd like it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree with you there. I mean, for sure. If anybody's listening and you go to the bar and you try this and you're, you're very new, you're not probably going to catch all of these things. That's a, a totally fair assessment. And the other thing is this is the third peated scotch that I've had. So there's probably better options out there for newbies, but out of the three that I've had, this is definitely the most approachable. You won't catch all the nuance, but you'll at least be like, Oh, I'm not dying and being suffocated by smoke. I think I do want to, before I continue with this, cause I could just keep talking about this glass. I want to give you a minute to talk about your trip to Scotland And specifically, I think you spent a lot of time in Isla, which is why I wanted to uh, have you on and kind of talk about that. So what exactly were you going over there for? And tell us your biggest takeaways, I guess.
1: Yeah. uh, So we went over there just to podcast. I mean, we set up me and Paul wanted to. um, We we always wanted to go on like a like a world tour in a way. And we you know without going into a huge door we kind of leveraged the platform that we were lucky enough to have and were able to secure some sponsorships that kind of helped us financially and getting over there um and we stayed over there for um i want to say a week maybe eight days total um because it's an eight hour flight to get over we flew from boston to amsterdam and Am- which is a little bit past scotland and then Amsterdam to Edinburgh. Okay. Um, we went over there for the sole purpose of podcasting. We set up, an ent- we had an entire itinerary. Every single day, we were talking to a distillery. So we went to, um, man, I hope I don't screw up these names. Uh, <laughs> Morrison Distillery. Do. Don't worry. <laughs> we went to Morrison Distillery, which was, I believe, kind of creeping into the Highlands a little bit. We went to Dewar's uh, Aberfeldy. Which was awesome. Nice. Um, my boy Craig is 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 over there, and he's uh, we hit it off because he's a big comic book nerd, just like oh. I am. So we were drinking doers at doers and talking comic books. It was it was a great time. Um, and then yeah, and, and uh, Isla, we did in one day, starting at like nine thirty a.m. We did uh, log of It's the first place we went to. Then we did Ardbeg, and then we did Buna mm-hmm. Nope. No. Mm, maybe we did Kalila, which is the Isla portion of Johnny Walker. Oh, okay. That's like the Isla, the Isla blend is, is from Kalila. Um, and then I think the next day we did Buna Habin, um, LaFroig, and I think I'm forgetting one. But we did like three a day, and wow. uh, we got back – um we had a few other things we did um that didn't involve podcasting for the past few days but the main purpose was just go over there and talk to these distillers um we talked to mainly either the distillery managers or like the national brand uh reps or like the the uh, Buna and we talked to um of course I'm forgetting his name now but he's like a f- world famous uh uh, tour guide. Oh, okay. Yeah. At Bunahaba. David, David, that's his name. Um, I want to give him a shout out on Twitter cause he has a great Twitter handle. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, uh, David Brody at David J Brody. Okay. Uh, and he's, he's the man. Um, that was it, man. That was the purpose of our trip and it was incredibly successful. We made some awesome connections. Um, by the time this podcast comes out, our bourbon ball would have already happened, but Mm -hmm. we have incredible bottles of, of rare scotch from almost every distillery that they gave to us, um, to auction off at the, at the bourbon ball. Nice. And, uh, we made some lifelong friends, people that I still stay in contact with like distillery guys and, um, you know, like, uh. Uh, master distillers over there and, and things of that nature. It's, it was an incredible experience and especially going to Isla, which yeah. is um like I, like I had mentioned previously an Island mm-hmm. and seeing the, the whiskey scene. Cause it's whiskey. Isla is, is whiskey. That's all, that's all I do over there. Right. It's, it's a very, very tight knit community. Um, and you would think because it's their main thing they do that they would be in competition with one another and trying to you know outsell, but no, it's all a big family. All the distillery managers are like best buds, or they went to school together, and they're all just like running these you know internationally famous brands now. Like the distillery manager at Lagavulin was buddies with the distillery manager at Ardbeg, and like Ardbeg guys knew the Lafroy guy, and it's just like they always go out and get drams you know when they can as buddies. Um, And there's a real tight, there's a real like tight knit community vibe in Isla, um, which was probably my favorite part. And that's kind of what this glass now takes me back to is Mm -hmm. seeing the people in Isla and, you know, meeting the people, meeting the people out there. And, you know, as an American people is like, oh, well, where where are you from in America? And you make all these friends because people want to talk to the Americans. (laughs) Yeah. Um. So this is this brings me back to that, this glass of uh, Lagavulin 16. Um,
0: That's the best right there. When a a glass takes you back to something like a good memory, that's the stuff. Now, what's for man? That's what that's like the best part about whiskey. Yes, absolutely. Now, let me ask, uh, I'll put you on the spot a little bit here. What if you had to pick something and it could be a couple of things. But what comes to mind when I say what was the coolest thing? that maybe you didn't expect to be cool, but the coolest thing that you saw while you were over there that you were like, I can't believe I got to see this in person. Easy, super easy for me.
1: Um, Okay. It was the. So what's iconic and this is an on Isla and and like going to Edinburgh. Edinburgh is one of the most beautiful cities on planet Earth. It's like I think that's where J.K. Rowling Rollins is, is that the one who did Harry Potter? I think so. I think so. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's where she got the inspiration for Harry Potter was like in downtown Edinburgh. And it's really cool, like kind of like old school Gothic vibes. And the Edinburgh castle is right in the middle. And I had a great few nights and I had a great few nights in Edinburgh. Nice. Um, Just kind of going out with a bunch of people. But in Isla, the first time, and remember, we went to Lagavulin at, it was like 930 in the morning. And we're like kind of tired and, um, it's five hours ahead. So like everything is, is messed up and it takes a while to, to adjust to that. Yeah. So we're like trying, we're drinking coffee. We're trying to like get started. Um, we go to Lagavulin 930 in the morning and they bring us right into the distillery and you, you pull up and you're like, wow, we're here. Like this is, this is it. This is one of the Lagavulin is my second favorite distillery behind Ardbeg. um, and then all of a sudden we go into the warehouse where they're kind of getting ready for the day, like they have a bunch of tastings they're doing and stuff. And we're all of a sudden thieving whiskey, uh, we're thieving a twenty-five-year-old Lagavulin out the barrel. We're thieving like an eighteen-year-old sherry finished out the barrel, and we're cocked at like ten thirty. <laughs> like, and they're like, they're like, hey, let's go outside, and we, they're like, just bring the glasses with you. Like, it's the glasses are like up to here with whiskey from the barrel at oh nine, my god in the morning. And, but then you go out all this, this long winded story to get to the part that was the coolest to me. And you go out and then there's the ocean and then you turn around and it's the iconic white brick warehouse with the black lettering. Yeah. It says Lagavulin or the one that got me the most was Ardbeg and Lafroy. every distillery on Isla has that iconic white brick, you know, uh warehouse facing the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, with the black lettering of whatever city you were at. And I remember turning around, seeing that, and thinking, wow, we are in Scotland. Like this is that was one of the coolest honestly one of the coolest moments of my life. Yeah. If I'm being if I'm being completely honest. That was that was incredible. And then having like a dram of some what probably was they probably bottled what we were drinking for hundreds of dollars. Right. And just sitting there. And I I wish I remember the guy from Lagavulin's of name, a short little guy who is who had been working there for like fifty years and uh, he was a legend. He knew yeah. everybody. Like anybody in Scotland that had to do with whiskey, He's like, Oh yeah, I worked with him or oh yeah, I, I used to I used to work underneath him or something like that. Um geez, that's I forgot awesome. his name.
0: I mean, that's awesome though. That's like, that's the full, ex- I mean, as much as you could experience Isla, I feel like that has to be it. You're taking whiskey right out of the barrel, walking outside and seeing the beach and all their warehouses. I can't even imagine dude.
1: Someday that's yeah, bucketless material. Dude, oh yeah. 100% it is. And then not only that you leave loggable and, and then you're going to Ardbag and doing the same freaking thing. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to, Uh, Bunahaben and and doing the same thing and all these incredible views and these iconic warehouses and all this whiskey thieved out the barrel and you're getting treated like kings because it's like oh you you took the time to fly all the way out here we might as well you know give you some free whiskey and it's man that first day on isla is i will never forget that day that was that was something else
0: yeah i can't even imagine that's awesome Mm -hmm. i I think, I mean, I mean, that's just kudos to you for going over there and doing that. I can't even imagine being able to go over there and not being able to, but just I can't imagine the experience of it. You know, yeah. that's got to be fantastic. And also, as you mentioned, your bourbon ball is passed as of the airing of this. Um, but kudos to you on that. I mean, you guys are doing some really great stuff there, auctioning off stuff, and and it's all going to charity. Um, go ahead and just, I know it's over, but just plug that for a second for those who don't know, uh, the yeah, charity and everything s- that you're doing with that.
1: Of of course. Yeah. So, uh, the bourbon ball is something that this would have been our second year again, we're kind of talking in the future right now, but, mm-hmm. um, this was, w- this would have been a very successful event. This was a very successful ev- event. Um, and we partner with folds of honor. Um, again, this is our second year doing it. This was our second year doing it at this point. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, we, and Folds of Honor is a charity that, uh, helps the families of, uh, fallen and wounded soldiers, which is very, very important to Paul and I. It's one of the, you know, main bourbon friend, um, things kind of to give back to those that have given everything for us. And, uh, mm-hmm. we just kind of try to do our little part to put on the best event possible and a, a great time at great venues and, you know, all based around whiskey because um, that's what we all love, you know, bourbon in this case with the bourbon ball, but scotch, Irish whiskey. I know you're a big Irish whiskey guy. Um, mm-hmm. Any anything that's, you know, it's the it's called the water of life for a reason, right? Right. That's fantastic, man. I mean, that is uh,
0: you guys are doing good stuff with that. And uh, the next one, I, I'm going to try to make it to that one. This. This has been a chaotic summer for me. But that's pretty awesome. (laughs) Um, Now I do. I I promise I'll let you go. But I do want to talk about uh, this scotch one last time, what I'm getting from it, something I always do. And as you mentioned, I always try to preface this. You can get whatever you want from a glass. Whatever you're getting is what you're getting. uh, and There's no wrong answers. Uh, But I do always like to read what the distiller says they're getting just so people have an idea from the distiller's side and then also from our side. So I'm going to mm-hmm. run through that here uh, very quickly as well. So from Lagavulin's website, what they say is the nose is intensely flavored peat smoke with iodine and seaweed and a rich, deep sweetness. I love that they mm-hmm. add the rich, deep sweetness because that yeah,
1: to me puts it aside from other Islas that I've had so far. And I'm glad they said the seaweed as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because this, there is more, like I said, there is more of a maritime aspect to this than a typical smokiness. There is a little bit of that briny saltiness to this. And, uh, I'm glad that, um, I'm glad that whoever made those tasting notes proved me right.
0: <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. No, that's you're you're right on. It definitely got that bit of saltiness that the seaweed. It's a little bit herbal. It's a little bit um, grassy, like you said. And like the- dude, you
1: could see you could see like the people that are like whale hunting back in the day, they were drinking <laughs> rum or they were drinking this.
0: Yeah. All those uh, you know? sea shanties that you listen to that. Yeah. Yo, ho. <laughs> yeah. That's this is what they were drinking. And so then on the palate, they say dry peat smoke fills the palate with a gentle but strong sweetness, followed by sea and salt with touches of wood. I think I think we we're pretty close.
1: A, a, a bit generic, like most whiskey yeah. provided tasting notes are. But yeah, no, you you're spot on with the wood. I think you get the wood a little bit more than me because what takes me what on the palate, at least what t- what takes over for me is that is that bonfire. Mm-hmm. salty aspect but the wood is there it's been like i said it's been sitting in an oak barrel for 16 years so it better have influence right on, on the whiskey um <clears throat> but but yeah man this is tasty i'm glad you like it because i knew you were going to but i was hoping you were gonna like it as much as me because this is my favorite
0: yeah and i mean this is the most expensive one i've had on the show so it, it should be my favorite right but it definitely is like not to just say mm-hmm. that I love the balance that you get of the peatiness and the smokiness. Now, if you're into, or the peatiness and the woodiness, if you're into super peaty, just takes over the entire palate, then that might not be for you. But I always like something that has a good balance, and I think most people do. And the balance of those beachy, salty, lemony vibes with that sweet peat smoke, little bit of black pepper, is astounding. As I'm sitting here, every sip, I'm getting something different. I took a sip while you were talking about your trip and I forgot to mention this and I got like a little bit. Of, it was very charred, like very char black pepper all of a sudden. I mean, okay. every sip, you can kind of pull something a little bit different from it. It's, it's impressive. That's for sure. If you want an example, if you have an experienced palate and you want an example of a nose that's different than the
1: palate and a palate that's constantly changing as you're drinking it, this is the one I think. I'm telling you, man, this is like the uh, this is like the chameleon of whiskeys. This is Mm -hmm. this is like it's it's changing depending on your mood, what you ate, what the weather is, what the time of the day. Like if you're drinking this at nine thirty in the morning like I was in -hmm. Scotland, it's going to be completely different than eight thirty in Rhode Island uh, on a random Monday night (laughs) like this is this is like, you know, a completely different scenario. and um yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: I, I can totally see that. I think if I try this tomorrow, I'm going to get something different. I'm actually going to be trying it later in the week uh, for an Instagram live. But as of the airing of this, that live has already passed. But I'm excited to see that palate condition, what I get from it. Um, that's going to be yeah. a good time. So, yeah, uh, if you're drinking right along with us, I'd love to hear what you have to say, especially if you've tried other Islas. If you've tried the Lafroig and the Ardbeg when we had those on the show, because uh, so far, definitely my favorite. I like that it's got the balance. I like that it's got the sweetness with the peep.
1: Um, and I'm
0: glad you recommended it. Let me say
1: that. <laughs> yeah, and I, I know, um, Wallace, I'm pretty sure you don't actually rate the whiskeys on your on your podcast. Mm-mm. I I like to on Who okay. Is a Dram. Um, just because I think, like, when people are are making are buying bottles based on your recommendation, uh, I, at least, like, if I heard someone say, oh, this is like an 8 out of 10, then that, that influences me a little bit more. When I first recorded my episode about Lock Bowl 16, I gave it a 9.2, which is like a heavy-ass score. There is some type of music going on in the background there, dude. Yeah, go ahead and
0: and go back. (laughs) I tried No, keep this in, dude. Yeah, you know what? I'll keep it in. I'll keep it in. You had a little background music for your rating. I was trying to cough, and instead of the mute button, I hit the sound pad. (laughs) I'm so sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead and continue.
1: (laughs) No, man. Hey, listen. This is what whiskey is. Sometimes you just roll with the punches, and things happen. And that's like, dude. If we were just sitting by a fire and your phone went off, we're not. You're not gonna be like, dude, say that again. You're just gonna be like, oh, eh, true. What? Oh, sure, yeah. It kind of um,
0: went with your motivational speech, anyways. I mean, it was kind of hyper right. up, you know.
1: It, the whole point of my motivational speech was saying, I'm. I would probably rate this more like a 9.4, 9.5. Like this wow. is up there for one of my favorite pours ever. Log of one sixteen is up there with, like, uh, it's up there with. Uh, for me, my favorite, like Weller 107, mm-hmm. uh, it's up there with like a, like a William LaRue, LaRue Weller as a, as a more expensive bottle that no one can really find. Yeah. Um, it's up there with like the top of the top for me, mellow corn, obviously like it's up there with, with everything. Yeah. This is definitely up there for me. I'm gonna have to have it a few times to, you know, set it in my
0: rankings anywhere. I don't do scores. I don't do rankings, but I always have kind of in my head, you know, a top five that's actually probably there's 20 bottles on it when i actually go to list them but this is up there um i would love to do some comparisons which i probably will here in the future um i'm big on blinds and in comparisons and things like that but this is up there because i'm getting so much from it i'm i'm able to come back to it and get something different every time as i'm sitting with the glass it's changing a little bit it's, it's a very enjoyable pour. I'm hoping if anybody bought it on the email list uh, and, and got it ahead of the show so that you could drink it along with us, I'm hoping you enjoyed it as much as I did, because uh, it's it's very enjoyable, without a doubt. Now, before we wrap up here, I want to give you a moment. Go ahead and plug your Instagram, uh, your podcast, where people can find you, and if you have anything coming up that you want to mention, feel free to. Uh, if not, just the the social medias and the podcasts.
1: Uh, yeah, I, my whiskey life at the time of this recording is super busy and, mm-hmm. um, there are definitely some things in the pipeline that I, that's, un- unfortunately, I don't think I, even by the time this comes out, I probably can't say, um, I'll tell you off, off the, off the Yeah, recording. I gotta know. I'm um, curious. But, uh. Lots of things happening. I did change my Instagram handle a few weeks ago as kind of like a soft rebrand in a way. Okay. I still do Who G- Who Gives a Dram, which you can find on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I still do Bourbon with Friends, which you can find on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you want to follow uh, Bourbon with Friends, we're at BWF Podcasts on Instagram. Um, and if you want to follow me personally, I'm Connor underscore Whiskey. That's my new name, C-O-N-N-O-R underscore whiskey. Uh, You can find me there. um, And uh, same thing on uh, uh, Twitter and TikTok. Those are the three that I use the most, um, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, Connor underscore whiskey. Listen Who Gives a Dram? Listen to Bourbon with Friends. uh, Shoot me a message. um, And... Yeah, man, I, I appreciate you having me on. I love your show. Uh, as I told you on my show, you're one of my favorites. I, I love listening to your stuff. I love how you're a younger dude doing this like me, and you're doing it alone. I think, like I said before, I think we're the only two young dudes doing it alone, solo dolo. Which yeah. I, you know, I got to show respect to, and I thoroughly really do enjoy uh, the Whiskey News podcast. Um and I, uh, I congratulated you on your barrel pick before, but I want to say it again, live that's fantastic. That is sold out. Thank you. Um, and, uh, I wish you nothing but continued success, man. This is fun. And we got to keep doing this thing where like in a few months you'll come back on my show, then I'll come back on here. And like, maybe we just make it like a, like a, a few times a year, we kind of just goof around and do these little tastings. Cause Definitely. I had fun. Agreed, man. And hey, I I don't have
0: to be the first to tell you that I won't be the first to tell you that you're absolutely killing it as well. I love what you guys are doing. You've got uh, just a lot of exciting stuff going on, some of which, like you said, you can't even mention yet, but you're killing it. You guys have awesome content, and I totally agree. We got to do this more often. You're so easy to talk to. And now I know for the first time I didn't know this before, but now I know you got some pretty killer recommendations as well. So (laughs) we'll, we'll have to do this more often. But I'll put all your stuff in the show notes for everybody who's just listening. Go down in the show notes. Make sure you follow Connor. Make sure you follow both, like his personal account and his podcast account. Check out both the podcasts and leave ratings and reviews because those are the most important. Good ratings and reviews for those of you listening. But, Connor, Mm -hmm. thank you for coming on, man. I really appreciate it.
1: No problem, man. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Whiskey Noobs. If you need more Whiskey Noobs content in your life, make sure you check out our Patreon page in the show notes. And if you like the show, please make sure to leave a five-star rating or review. It only takes a couple of minutes, and they're way more helpful than people realize. If you want to do tastings alongside the show, make sure you join the email list by sending an email to whiskeynoobspodcast at gmail.com with a subject line that says email list. You'll receive monthly emails with a list of the whiskeys that will be featured throughout the month so that you can buy them ahead of of time you can also find more whiskey noobs content on instagram at whiskey underscore noobs and on tiktok at whiskey noobs podcast once again thank you guys for listening the whiskey noobs podcast does not support underage or otherwise irresponsible consumption of alcohol